At the end of the day, at the heart of ABM is the content. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, so in this episode, you'll be hearing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from past conferences. Here we go. My name is Keenan. Um, I am going to talk today about being the smartest person in the room and how that's going to build your funnel and what that means. Um, I'm also the author of Not Taught. So my Twitter handle is Keenan. Uh, I have a person in the, in the web who's paying attention to this right now. And the first two people who tweet the most, talk the most about this presentation, share the most about it, I've got a book for each one of you. So bust out the phone, play with it, see what you can do, and let's see if we can make some noise. And that table back there, that green table back there, y'all better be paying attention this way. This way. That's right, Barrows. Good call. Um, so really where I want to go with this today is I want to talk about how to use these things. That's what I want to do. Winning an ABM means being the smartest person in the room. Look, we're going to see all kinds of tools. You want tools? There's a shitload of tools down there in Expo. This tool's coming out your ass, right? This tool's everywhere, okay? Tools are important, no question about it. But tools only go so far. We need data. Data. Trish talked about data earlier today. Data's super critical. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the heart of ABM is the content. The end of the day, how you connect, what you have to bring value is the content. Does anybody disagree with that? It's the content. So if the content matters, how you build that content is critical. What you leverage from that content is critical. And therefore, the only way to create really good content, in my not-so-humble opinion, is to be the smartest person in the room. And what I mean by that is this. Look. If we're there to bring value, how many of you heard the term value this weekend? Anybody here? We should make a drinking game around that, right? Someone says value, you'd throw something back. You wouldn't get out of this room drunk in, 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 in less than an hour. You'd be wasted, right? We're always talking about value, but what is value? As sales and marketing organizations, the value we bring is our ability to help our customers and clients. So in order to help our customer and clients, what do we need? Knowledge. We need to be smarter than they are, right? But there's another advantage to being smarter than our clients and customers and our competition. Because the brain is an interesting thing. Anybody familiar with the ACC or the anterior cingular cortex? It's the part of the brain that catches irregularities or conflicts of information. So I, it's the pattern breaker. So look, the way our minds work, and I think most of you know this, is Look, all this st stimuli coming at us a thousand miles an hour, our mind, we can't take it all in. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So what do we do? Our mind just filters out all the junk and it creates these patterns. And once it gets in a pattern, it stops paying attention and it just lets it go through. But it's smart enough to say, whoa, if that pattern gets broken, alert the mind. Say, yo, yo, this ain't right. Stop, stop, pay attention. Whoa, 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 pay attention. Right, and there's a great, great story about how this works. There was a... um a submarine technician guy, radar technician guy, and he was off the coast of, of, um, of uh, the Persian Gulf. 
And his job was to watch incoming missiles and things like that in the planes. And there was this one particular time that he, something popped onto the screen and he couldn't tell what it was. He thought it was an incoming plane. And he radioed to the, to the pilot, hey, you know, da-da-da, what are your coordinates? And the guy didn't respond. Did it again, the guy didn't respond. So now he's in a panic because is it an incoming plane or is it incoming missile? Had to make a decision. Had to make a decision. Panicking. If he doesn't do it, hits the, it hits the boat. If, it does, if he does um, send out a missile to, to cut it off, he could potentially kill a, a pilot. Panic, panic, panic. And finally just says, boom, presses the button, shoof, blows it out of the sky. What was it? It was a missile. Why did he feel comfortable enough to press that button? What they did is they went back and found the research. They asked what it was. I just, I just, I don't know. I just, I just felt, I just felt it was a missile. And what, after going back and research, what they had found is the way the blip on the radar popped up was slightly inconsistent with how an incoming plane came on. Just enough that it triggered this and gave him enough confidence to believe without being to know why, he didn't know why, but enough confidence to know that what he was seeing was not a plane. So that's how this sucker works. But how do we want to use it? We can use it to mess with our clients. When we send emails to our clients, can I have just 15 minutes of your time? And, and uh, Matt did a great job of that earlier today. That's the same old bullshit they get every time. That's the pattern. They see it and they know what to do with it. They blast it out of the sky. Pew! We have the power to disrupt these patterns of our clients or prospects and get their attention, right? But in order to do that, you need information, people. We need information that disrupts, that provokes, that conflicts, and that challenges. And that's the hard work. So marketing, pay attention. I'm going to give you an assignment by the time this is done, and it's going to be a lot of work, but it's going to be worth the return. We need to start building account-based marketing organizations that thrive and live in finding and creating information that's disruptive to the status quo, that provokes traditional thinking, that is conflicting to what we already know and challenges where we are. The way to do that, or how to look at that is, oh, snap, see what happens when you turn a keynote into a PowerPoint? Dang, sorry. So these are supposed to be rings. <laughs> and there's five of them. Gosh, it stinks. All right, so these are rings, and there's five, and there's five layers, okay? In the middle is where most people spend their time. Most marketing organizations spend their time in the what? It's the product in the company. Stay away from that. That's why the big X is there. Those first two inner rings or the first two inner layers is all about your product or your company. I don't care about your product. I don't care about your company. I don't care about information about your product. I don't care about information about your company. I don't care. And neither do your prospects or customers. And if you're using account-based marketing and messages or information that is focused on those things, you're in trouble. It's too, it's too self, it's too self-absorbed. Don't care. Where the win is, where you want to start playing is in the problems that your customers or prospects are having, the processes 
the processes that they use and the impact of those processes and the impact of your product or service on them. That's an entirely different ballgame, people. When you understand the process that they use today, and you can create a future state of how you change that process to make it more efficient, more effective, to save them money, to increase competition, to uh, acquire new customers, to meet uh, federal mandates. I don't care what it is. You are winning. Because think about this, folks. What is sales? What is, what is the one core to sales? Change. Anybody disagree with that? It's change. So if I'm going to change, I got to darn well understand what the hell you're doing today, right? And so in most cases, you can't introduce change without a process change. I'll break this down for you. Something as simple as Uber. I'm going to take Uber to work instead of a car to work. The process to getting to work in a car is different than the process of getting to work in an Uber. And therefore, my ability to demonstrate how that process is more advantageous to taking an Uber is how I make the sale. But if you don't understand the processes of your customers or clients, you're making the road to selling much, much more difficult. Same thing with the problems. What problems? And I don't mean the dumb problems. I mean the real problems. What are the real, real business problems in the way? We want to understand this. We want to play on those outer rings. Problems, processes, and impact. What's the impact of their current processes? What's the impact of the current way they're doing things? What's the impact of change? How do we influence that change? What is available to influence that change? We want to be focusing on those three things. You start building content around those three things and things really start happening. So play in the outer rings, right? So how do we do that? How do we play in the outer rings? Research the research. How many people here know that if you search Google and you put scholarly art articles in, what happens? Wow, this is a hack, you guys. Okay, you know? Anybody else know? A couple, two, you guys are going to dig this hack. You put in scholarly articles and it separates all of the blog posts and books from actual scholarly information that's been cited, that's been by universities or professors or whatever the case may be. And this is some deep, deep research. This is some really good shit. It's cited, it's substantive, it's not some hack like me giving two cents on their blog. This is real stuff. So your ability to understand what it is your product or service does and to understand the outer rings and the outer uh, contextual elements of what it is you sell you can go find real research done by other people who can help substantiate a selling proposition you have, that can help substantiate a way in, that can challenge their conventional wisdom. Because remember, we want to trip that ACC. Well, how do I do that? By researching the research. Go find studies that can help bolster a selling proposition. Here's an example. Scholarly articles for email campaign effectiveness. 300, I'm sorry, 34,900 results for scholarly articles around that. Do every single one touch on something that you could use? Probably not, but is there good stuff in there that could talk about the things like attention span? Let's think about this for a second. If you're trying to sell, if you sell something about email effectiveness to a, to a customer and your value proposition is getting more eyeballs, wouldn't it be kind of nice to find a report that talked about attention span? 
Some, some, you know, some people were given a lot of money to sit in some side, some big university and try to figure out how, why, and what people pay attention to, how long they pay attention to, what you can do to keep them engaged, how you get them engaged in the first place, why do they move on, what do they focus on? Think about that. How many of you think most people know this type of information? Not many. So you come to the table and you can say, listen, based on research by you know, Cornell, they found that getting people to pay attention to react to something, this is the best way to do it. Are you doing that today? We'd like to talk to you about how you can, um, how you can leverage our product or service to make that happen. You let other people's work do the work for you. I mean, here you go look at scholarly articles for the impact of salespeople and revenue generation. 41,000 returns. Scholarly articles on compensation and productivity. 52,000 responses, I mean returns. There's powerful data out there, people. Powerful data that other people have leveraged that if you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to dig, you can find content that will begin to trip the brain, that will trip that ACC. So before I go any further, I want to talk a little bit more about this, this ACC because I, I want it to really sink in. When we are getting emails and voicemails and people are reaching out to us constantly, we have this whole system in our head that we just ignore everything. Right? What we can't ignore, though, is intrigue. And the ACC and tripping the ACC creates intrigue. We create a knowledge gap is what it's called. They know something I don't know. I just read something that doesn't jibe with what I've always thought to be. We can't help but click on it. We just, it's, you just can't do it. You, you can't move away from it. So the better you are at creating these knowledge gaps, you increase the probability that they click or listen or pay attention. The hard part about knowledge gaps is they're not very repeatable. I can't send that same, once the gap has been filled, you need to create a new gap. That's why learning how to find the information, learning how to pull out information from other people is helpful because you can't create all yourself, but you still can create it. So outside of going out and finding all those reports and, and researching the research, I say, go do it yourself. How many people here do, do surveys inside their organization? Right? What type of survey, what type of information, what type of surveys do you do? Uh, looking for demographic information, spending habits, things like that. Okay, so interesting. That's a me. That is a me survey, right? Imagine doing a survey. What is it you sell? Commercial property, real estate. Software, commercial property, real estate. Okay, so I would suggest a survey in his case that goes out and questions or does a survey on how certain processes are run, right? So how people do certain things in your space that your software helps with today that without your software. And then I would collect a little bit of identifying information about maybe the size of the organization, the amount of property under management or some things like that. And then start saying, oh, look, 87% of people who do this, this is the result they get. Were you aware of that? Are you doing that? Do you want that result? Right? By able to get information that others can't get access to, you position yourself as a subject matter expert and people want you. They come to you. You know shit they don't know and they want that information. You open the door. You, you're in the driver's seat. So as marketers, your whole job should be figuring this out. How about documenting best practices? 
How many marketing organizations here talk with existing clients after using your product or service and find a best practice use that they, of how they use it? Anybody here do that? So you sell it to me, you go back and say, how will you use it? You do that? Has you found it to be valuable? Yes. It's usually, because a lot of times they use it in ways you weren't imagining, huh? And then they create benefits that you weren't anticipating. Do you use that in your content for your salespeople? Right? Think about that. I can now take best practices. Remember I talked about how you, the processes, the process ring, here's this, and then the outer rings. I can say, look, people who do this process, this way, create this impact. And we all like this impact, don't we? Why aren't you doing it this way? Well, that's a good point. We don't do it. We never thought about this. We should have given this some thought. Talk to us more. How do we get that? How do we implement it? How do we make that happen? Right? So do the work. Go spend the time getting information about how people do the things in your space, what works, what doesn't work, what are the outcomes, catalog it and begin to share it and give it to your salespeople. This is gonna be an interesting one. I am so passionate about this. I recommend that marketing organizations can do it, get an education czar. Their only job is to find the information, and I mean real information, good information, with all due respect, not demographic, right? Powerful information that people can use and start feeding it to the sales team. That's their only job. Because guys, I'll say this again, creating messages isn't that hard when you have the information. The reason we sit there trying to create these emails and is, is um, Matt did a great job earlier today saying is, is we, don't have, we don't know what to write. When salespeople write, can I have just 15 minutes of your time? Do you know why they write that? Because they don't know what else to say. Right? It's like, shit, I got to say something. So can I have 15 minutes of your time? Because they are unable, they're unequipped with a clear understanding of what the hell the product does, how the product affects that CFO's day-to-day job, how the product affects that line manager's ability to move the supply chain. They have no clue. Anybody here have sales training in their organization? Don't be afraid because you know, like this guy's going to rip me up if I answer his question. But in that sales training, what percentage is spent on the product and the customer in the market? Probably 20%. There. What's the other 70% on? Uh, I mean, stuff for me that I don't think can be useful to, I guess, I don't know. I guess stuff that's not useful for me, but kind of just general terms or kind of like nice to know things. Give me one nice to know. Uh, like it's nice to know that Okay, all right. Why isn't the sales training around, um, around what the customers do, the customers' business processes, right? Why isn't the sales training around the internals of the people we sell to? How can we don't spend more time teaching them what the world of our buyers is like? I would rather spend 80% of my time going through what my buyer's world is like, how my buyer is measured, what it takes for him or her to implement against their programs, the major challenges they have. And I don't mean the the, the high-level challenges. I mean the the nitty-gritty challenges. Why are we spending more time there? Educations are can get you all that information and teach it to your salespeople. So when you have all this information, build a teaching organization. Send your sales team out there and send your marketing team out there as teachers, as consultants, not as salespeople. 
right? I had a conversation with a, with a client the other day. And this kid, look, he's hungry. He's, he's selling stuff, but he's stumbling over his feet. He lost a really big deal. My client was irate. Then I was irate. And then everybody was irate. Because he just, he fumbled it. And he was a bit indignant about it, right? He's like, well, I knew what they wanted and da-da-da-da. And I was like, okay, what was the business problem? And he really couldn't articulate it. And then as I dug more and more, he really didn't have a good understanding of that person's business. And he was selling the wrong stuff. He didn't connect, right? So I said, listen, he was so indignant. I said, this is how you know you're a good salesperson. So everybody, this is, this is, this is the bomb right here. You want to know if someone's a good salesperson? If that person could quit your organization today and go charge $250 an hour to be a consultant for the business that he's selling into, now you got a good salesperson. If I can't go consult for your business, I am not a good salesperson. I'm a hack. I'm a pitch man. I can pitch shit. But if you will pay me to come in and help your business, then I know enough that I could sell anything because I'm not selling anymore. I'm providing a solution and that's a custom solution that I was able to create based on what is happening in your business, based on real business drivers. And that's what building a teaching organization is about. We don't want selling organizations. We want enough information in the hands of our salespeople that they look like McKenzie business analysts. McKenzie business consultants who just by happenstance only sell one solution or can only offer one solution. So when you're doing this, think about your sales training. Think about how you deliver information. Think about how you deliver data. And I want knowledge, X knowledge, process knowledge, impact knowledge, right? I want knowledge before product knowledge. Don't waste people's time with, look, we have this feature and that feature and this and that. We'll get there. Start with the world that your folks are in. Start with the challenges they have. Start with what it takes to run the business of the people you're selling to. Start there. Make sure salespeople understand all of that, and then you're in good shape. Then you're making progress. Okay, create a company knowledge library across all of these things as well. Make it so the salespeople can access it. Look, I know we've got um, uh, eBooks and white papers that are scattered all over the place but put, create a place for salespeople to go based on problems. So here's my problem folder and list the problems. Why do the problems exist? When will you find them most common? What are solutions to these problems? How do they affect the business? How are they measured? What is more important? How are they connected? Give them these business insights around the problems that your customers or prospects are facing so that they can pull from those and continually educate themselves, right? Same thing with the processes. What are the processes like? How do they get it done? What are the steps to the different processes? How does our product or service integrate with those processes? What happens when they go away? All of that stuff. Create a knowledge library where people can go, your salespeople can go and understand this. Arm them with this business insight. Don't arm them with all the product BS, okay? Build sales teams with process knowledge, problem knowledge, impact knowledge, arm them with the data and they're gonna be winners, right? And all of this is the ICP is in the center. This is the cool part about account-based marketing. You put the ICP in the, I know my ideal customer profile, so it's not like I gotta be all over the place. 
I know it's a tech company with two to 600 employees generating 10 to $50 million, you know, et cetera, et cetera, with a buyer persona that's IT or marketing, et cetera. Okay, great. So then dig in, spend time with them, figure out their world and make sure that all of this stuff is targeted around them and disrupt them. Disrupt that buyer, disrupt that prospect, provoke them with, with information they didn't have, really come across with them and saying, look, I got to call Keenan because that cat knows stuff I never know. That's where you want to be. Okay, and so in closing, I want to show you guys a couple of things about the idea of this way you can disrupt the ACC, right? On the top here is Tell. And by the way, these are real. I went out and found these. I didn't use the actual company names, but these are actual eBooks that you can download, right? First one is Telling. It's a process. Five key metrics to account-based marketing. You're telling, which is not selling, and it's a process, which I can live. I, I like that part. But why can't we teach, right? Why the ABM metrics you're using are wrong. That triggers the ACC, right? That is, that is triggering my brain to say, what do you mean the ones I'm using are wrong? How many people, if they see, they're like, wait a minute, I gotta go see, am I really using the wrong ones? And then why am I using the wrong ones? What am I doing wrong? There's a, there's a knowledge gap. And if that ebook is written correctly, it should then transition into the top. That's the takeaway if it's written correctly. But I got to get you to open it. I got to get you to read it. I got to get you to download it. So I need to create a knowledge gap. And I'm going to teach you why the ABM metric you're using are wrong. That's the why. Let's go to the next one. This is another real one. 2016 Guide to ABM. You're telling me. That's literally what the, the guide was on their resource page. I'm sure it's a great guide. At, truthfully, I didn't have time to go read the whole thing. But why isn't it the 2016 ABM implementation guide and then why companies fail on how to do it right? That's a problem now. Look, everybody wants to do ABM. You're all here to learn ABM. But if I were to sit down to each and every one of you, you're at different stages. You're having problems. The mere reason you came here is because you're having some problem. Figuring out the ICP, right? Figuring out how to market to them. Figuring out how to create the right messages. Figuring out how to, to allocate the accounts. I don't freaking know. But am I right? All of you have a problem with maximizing ABM, and that's why you're here. So why leave it open? Start finding those problems and start. So I got 100 bucks. Implementation, kicking it off has been a big problem for a lot of people. So there you have it. There's a problem and a process type of content, right? And then this other one about impact. Seven reasons why sales and marketing need to get a grip on account-based marketing. Okay, you're telling me again, but I, I don't know that the problem, what the problem is, but what about this one? Research, the neuroscience behind engagement marketing and why your company is missing the mark. First off, research. Suggest, I don't know it. Product gap, I mean, a knowledge gap right? Then it's the neuroscience. Okay, wait, this is at a deeper level than I'm used to. There's a science behind this? Okay, I want to understand the science. I'm going to click on that. And oh, by the way, if the content is valuable, I now see you, whoever created that content, is a valid resource because you just taught me something I didn't know. And you didn't just teach me what account-based marketing is. You taught me at a fundamental level below that, and it tells me your context of knowledge is far broader. And because of that, I trust that if I need more information from you, I can get it because you are the expert. 
So in the end, here's the bottom line, guys. Trigger the ACC. In order to trigger the ACC, get more information. Go deeper. Be the expert. And create a knowledge gap. Be this much further ahead of your prospects or customers. If you can do that and you can bring that back to them, you will trigger the ACC. You will create conflict in their head. That'll trigger and they're going to want to pay attention. So there you have it, folks. Be the smartest cat in the room. It's the only way to do it. Thank you. So I believe we have about two and a half minutes for questions, if that monitor serves me correctly, that I'm not able to see. So what questions do we have for Keenan? Let's do it, John. <laughs> Hit him with a tough one. Uh, um, so I, I got this last night at the Enterprise Meetup. Uh, like, you got kids who are coming to the workforce or being told, right, and they're cracking on some of the emails. You got those ones that want to be the thought leader, but, you know, they're 22 years old, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. How do you, how do you, Put them in a position, if you don't have a company that is that learning organization that provides that content, how do you, as a kid, as a 22-year-old kid, how do you put yourself in a position to do that with all the other pressures that you're faced with as far as hitting your numbers, making a call, making a dial, and all that stuff? Any suggestions for some kids to do? Yeah, Google. Yeah? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to sound remedial, but truth is, look, this is about commitment, right? If you're sitting down and you're not getting that support from your organization, your organization and you're trying to figure out, well, how the hell do I write an email that's going to get someone's attention? And you, you sit down, you write a whole bunch of those, you're sending them out and they're not productive. Stop. Just stop and figure out who you're selling to, figure out what is important to them, figure out how they run their business. So if you're sending it to a marketing person, or it, uh, I don't freaking know, a marketing person, give me something, help me out here. Give me a, give me a role at a, at a company in industry. Uh, like a CRO in healthcare. Okay, perfect. CRO and health organization. I first want to understand what's going on in the healthcare industry. What, how does HIPAA affect what I sell, right? How does AMA or Obamacare for those affect what is it I sell? Um, is he doing it for hospital or insurance? If it's hospital, how is he measured? Is it based on the number of beds and the people in the beds? I want to understand that. I can research that. I, good, the company can get it to me, make it easier, but I want to know that. So when I send an email to the CRO, I says, listen, as you're aware, or as we both know, maintaining the, the, the utilization of hospital beds is a critical element of this. And we also understand that based on HIPAA, we can't do this and this. Therefore, our product has that great result to making this up. And I'd love to talk to you about these two conflicting constraints and how you can increase your marketing without violating this. That's a conversation. And there's nothing keep, look, we got Google. That's all I have to say. When I started selling, there was no Google. I had a yellow pages, right? You got Google. So to me, with all due respect, I would have told that cat, why are you asking me? Go Google. Look it, research it. It's out there. It's everywhere. What, one more piece to that. Like, what, what, what do you say to that kid who wants to do that, but their boss is telling them to pay 50, 100, 200 dollars a day? So how do I pick that in without telling my boss to go find another job? When I go home. Seriously, so I remember when I was younger, um, I didn't understand. I don't know why I had such a hard time. Experiential learner. I, didn't, I had a really difficult time with, P&Ls and balance sheets. I just, it didn't click. Now I own my own business. I get it now, <laughs> but it didn't click when it was abstract. So I would go home and I'd read. I'd read and read and read and read and read and try to figure this stuff out. That's what I did. And again, I didn't have Google back then. So what, what, in my opinion, what you're talking about now is this idea of self-awareness. And if you're a salesperson here and you want to get better, you got to simply ask yourself a question. What are you good at? What aren't you good at? And then what is your own personal plan to get better if your company's not gonna help you. Because look, this is a question we get a lot. The company won't help you do. Guys, I got some bad news. Everybody in here, old or young, 
No one helped people when we were when when I was young. You didn't get help with this idea of help. Here it is. Go figure it out. So I'm sorry. Go figure it out. Go figure it out. Here's your answer, John. Go figure it out. Flip My Funnel is on a mission to build the largest and most engaged community of B2B professionals in the world. Join the movement at flipmyfunnel.com. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. 